0: Hi guys, and welcome to our podcast.
1: Yeah, welcome back to Midnight Musings. Hope you're all keeping well, uh, keeping safe in this lockdown. Um, If you're overseas and you're not in a lockdown right now, very lucky you. The best I've heard is that we're fairly on track and should be... On our way out end of spring.
0: On our way out.
1: On our way out. They're very so clear saying that die. we're not gonna get... <laughs> yeah. They've been very strategic in saying that we won't be out at the end of spring, but we'll be on our way out on the end of spring, which keeps it nice and vague, keeps us on our toes. But that's what politicians do, right?
0: Thank you, Ben, for the twelve o'clock news. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Christina with the weather. Christina. Today we're gonna talk about criticism. Criticism is I think a big topic that features in literally every single person's life and has a lot of negative connotations around it.
0: Hopefully we will be able to give you some practical tools on how to deal with criticisms as and when you receive them. So yes without further ado let's get started with the podcast.
1: So, first of all, what is criticism? I was actually doing some research on this, and I found it really interesting in the fact that the definition has actually changed over time. So... The Latin word that criticism derives from actually just simply means a critic is a a judger or a decider. Mm -hmm. Um, And when you think of it like that, it's far more of a level playing field of giving a fair judgment or decision on something being right, wrong, good, bad, fair, true, false, etc. And actually, through different dictionaries and different definitions, particularly if you look online, it's become more and more negatively associated. And I think we're all very familiar with this. Like, if you actually Google define criticism, the first definition says words of disapproval, yeah. which I find shocking. It's I think it's actually really unhealthy. And that's affirming this fear that we all seem to have around receiving criticism. So first of all, I wanted to break down or or unpack with you guys, is to try and create uh, basically a disassociation between what is being criticized and your identity or essence and you as a human being and this can be more directly understood in university work school if it's a project that's been criticized but this also applies to say a criticism of character uh, which may occur in like a relationship say a friendship family member partner is critiquing you on something this still applies so i want to start off with a a more direct example from university that was very in-your-face criticism for me Mm. I would have to present my work all up on a wall for everyone to see and a panel of architects researchers and people with far more expertise in the field I was studying than me um, would critique the work and some critics were constructive and helpful and would give an honest review of their thoughts on my project and would give critique or feedback which would allow me to take an idea further or to redirect my thinking in a way that they thought might be more fruitful. However, there were some critics that rather than focusing on how the work itself could be improved, strived to bring down me as a designer directly. And some would say like, oh, they're just a harsh critic and some people can take it and some people can't. Mm, But actually, I would say that they are a bad critic because they're not focusing on the job at hand they're not focusing on improving that project yeah they're seeking just to try and identify that i'm not good at what i do Mm -hmm. and try and bring down my self-esteem etc and that is not constructive or helpful and it's in these cases that we can easily become very sensitive to criticism and be hit negatively on our emotional well-being.
0: I just wanted to ask whether that person that you felt criticized negatively by, what was your relationship with them like? Did you know them very well or
1: Um so in a lot of cases I didn't know these people Um, before the presentation or meeting Mm -hmm. Um, but sometimes yeah they had maybe a reputation within the school for being harsh critics and I was already aware of that
0: and and what was the general perception or your relationship with the person that constructively criticized you or was kind to you
1: Again, so I may have never met them in my life and knew nothing about them. Or in some cases, I did have a relationship and that was more positive.
0: Yeah. That's really interesting because I want to say that I feel like people are more likely to take criticism from someone that you already respect mm, and someone mm. that you already have a relationship with. And also you touched on a really good point there where you said that, you know, perhaps a harsh critic has impacted your self-esteem in some way. And we'll probably touch on this later on about how to regulate your reactions to criticisms. But I think that's a really important point. It's like, not just that there's criticism happening and whether you perceive it's just or unjust, it's the fact that there's two things at play. There's you and your self-esteem. That's one thing. Mm. (laughs) And then there's also the other person who's criticizing you.
1: Mm. And they've got their own baggage, agenda, intention, emotional state, that moment, so there's so many factors.
0: I was going to say that it's really important to understand whether people's intentions and motives um, serve you in a good way or not. Someone who says, for example, like, that dress doesn't look very good on you. Some people who are very sensitive to criticism would be like, oh my God, why would you say that? And some people would be able to be rational enough to think, okay, well, they're saying this because they're trying to protect me as a friend. You have to really gauge your own feelings feelings and intuition to know whether someone's intentions are right for you
1: yeah you can't take all criticism as gospel like chris was saying you need to be able to pause and evaluate and question okay like who is this person to me do they have my best intentions at heart when they're giving this criticism or actually is this more about them than about me and yeah that is really important in terms of being able to to manage and process criticism i think and I guess almost as a an opposing or another side to the same coin is that say there is a piece of criticism that you receive from someone and you do evaluate it and it is untrue or unfair, you still need to question, okay, I know that isn't true to me but is that how I'm showing up to that person?
0: Yeah, more often than not, you are.
1: Yeah, and that's the reason that they're saying it. So, for example, linking back to my personal experience of presenting work in a critics panel maybe a critic says I don't really see that you've researched this topic in depth and you might think well no I know that I've researched this topic in depth but then you you look at the work you put on the wall or think about what you've spoken about instead and you think okay well I know I have done the research but actually I haven't made that clear Uh in my presentation and i then it's a question of communication
0: yeah and it reminds me of a book that we've read before it's called The Miracle Morning by mm. Hal
1: Elrod. a bit Marmite with people isn't it yeah, yeah.
0: It's, I feel like it is um, but we really liked it didn't we mm. I think we took away the important bits one of which is linking back to what you said about how you're showing up to people and one of the things that Hal Elrod did was basically he emailed everyone he's ever known in his life, whether it's an ex-girlfriend or an ex-colleague or, you know, a relative or whatever. And he's literally said to them, tell me three things that he could improve on. And he came onto it with the mindset that he's going to take on the criticism and improve.
1: Mm, I think that's <clears throat> really, really important about how you see criticism to be and, and seeing it as a tool and not seeing it as as this thing that merely brings you down or chips away at you and actually criticism offers opportunities opportunities to grow to improve something and i guess ultimately that has to come from a place of true understanding that you don't know it all that you don't have all the answers and that you can't know all the answers on your own whether that's with work uni or whether that's within a relationship and just being able to be your best self and live your best life
0: yeah it's really interesting because I read that people who are particularly sensitive to criticism have either had parents who had really high standards of them or parents who have been overprotective of them. Mm. So like made sure that they weren't exposed to any hardship or badness in any way. And when that child comes out of that scenario, they are more likely to be sensitive to criticism Sensitivity to to criticism basically links to perfectionism, OCD and anxiety-related conditions people with depression may be more likely to be sensitive to criticism as well. The direct effects of having greater sensitivity to criticism is basically a decrease in motivation and performance. So you do that basically to avoid opportunities for further criticism. And I really recognize this in myself. Even if no one outside of me is is like criticizing what I'm doing or who I am, in my head, because sometimes I have tendencies to be a perfectionist. In my head, I'm criticizing myself and I'm really harsh on myself. And that debilitates me. And that, you know, that makes me unproductive and, you know, very emotional and yeah.
1: Yeah, I actually listened to another podcast that spoke about procrastination specifically, but touched on this idea that when we've got a a project coming up, and there's a deadline for it, we procrastinate because there's a fear of... Say so we hand in that project, and then once we hand it in, we'll get feedback from our tutor or from our boss on that project, mm-hmm. and we be, be criticised. Yeah. And therefore, that fear leads to our lizard part of our brain being like avoid. So, what do we do? We procrastinate, we put off the work, and we don't do that work until the fear of the deadline itself and losing our job or failing the project overrides that fear of the criticism. Really, really interesting. That's from a podcast called How to Unfuck Your Brain, um, (laughs) specifically for lawyers. So any lawyers listening in, go check that out. Mm. I cannot remember the name of the podcaster, but you're welcome for me plugging your podcast.
0: (laughs) I've met two people in my life, um, and that's people who take criticism as a way to either prove people wrong or improve themselves. Mm. And some people, they love people criticising them because it drives them to to succeed.
1: We kind of sit on the same side in terms of criticism debilitating us, but we're two sides of the same coin in the fact that for you, it comes from a place of quite a strict parenting background, yeah. And then criticism now is then associated in your mind to yeah. that past experience. Definitely. Whereas for me, it's the opposite that seems to bring into fruition the same result. So my parents were very soft on me really and let me get away with too much and never really criticized me for anything mm-hmm. um, and protected me all the time and just wrapped me up in cotton world so then going out into the real world and receiving criticism from people it was a shock it's
0: like alien to you. it was, was it
1: so alien yeah um, and yeah then had the same effect as what you had which is just stopping me around my tracks but like, oh my god like what do i do with this
0: yeah no that's really interesting i'm reading this book called the body keeps the score one of the things i read on there so how we react to danger is basically governed by the limbic system it's basically our emotional brain and basically what this does is it's pre-programmed for us to plan our escape when mm. we sense danger Yeah so the book talks about like the three levels of safety And basically um, how what happens there is When we feel threatened The first thing we do is turn to like our friends And like the social aspect of our lives So in nature that will be like When howler monkeys literally signal other howler monkeys mm. of sense of mm. danger to protect themselves right but then the second bit is if no one comes to our aid or we're in immediate danger basically we react in more of a primitive way in yeah. order to survive so that's the fight or flight response mm-hmm. um, so that's like fighting off our attacker and, and things like that all running off away yeah. to, yeah. to safety but then the third bit is like if we can't get away and we're held down or trapped basically your being preserves its itself by shutting down or like literally giving off as little energy as possible. Wow. So like I'm going to give an example of bullying at school. Yeah. So say for example you're walking with your friends and the bully comes up behind you and says something horrible to you. The first thing you're going to do is look to your friends for help. True. And yeah, that's yeah. the first stage. And then the second bit if mm. your friends don't say anything to to give you any help whatsoever. So the second Biggest, you say something back to the the bully, and then the bully then retorts back with something even worse, and that causes your friends to snigger, and immediately you're gonna feel cornered. So that's the third stage, mm. um, and yeah so the thing that you do is basically you crumble and and die inside right and i've i've been there i've been there many times before like you know having experienced bullying um it's it sucks when when your friends can't even save you
1: no because that's your
0: place of safety
1: yeah and i think a lot of people that have experienced bullying after a while you when you get used to experience the, this kind of like over criticism or overbearing criticism in the form of bullying you kind of skip to stage three but the moment someone says anything yeah you just immediately shut down yeah you go into survival mode and preservation modes and you just shut everything off which obviously is really really unhealthy and I think you actually, Chris, you identified another really interesting point within criticism, um, which links into, like, ideas of belonging or, like, when sides yeah. are taken. Yeah, And, like say, if someone makes a remark and your friends then go and laugh, mm-hmm. you lose that sense of belonging. And it reaffirms this idea of, like, oh, someone's criticised me and that's now ostracized me yeah. um, or marginalized me and we can still feel this outside of what's actually a negative context because obviously the, the bullying example is negative and that person is just trying to upset you or bring you, bring you down Yeah. but this still happens within relationships, within the working world I say a, a family member like a, a mum critiques their daughter if that critique is not given in the right way or if the child takes it in the wrong way Mm -hmm. then that child might feel ostracized from the family yeah and feel like oh like i feel now distant from the rest of the family because i've been criticized Mm -hmm. or in the workplace you've been given some feedback that's been quite felt quite harsh then you're like oh my god I I don't feel like I'm a worthy part of the team am I going to lose my job etc etc you feel like there's um an attack on our sense of belonging Mm -hmm.
0: yeah and I was going to add um from our point earlier from that from the book So the limbic system basically forms from our experiences and our emotions and our memories. The memory or the emotion could either be good or bad. Because the emotional brain basically, um, works on pre-programming, there's a huge risk of misinterpreting whether a particular situation is, is dangerous or safe. So in the example of bullying, of course, that's not good to be bullied. Mm. Um, and you, we know that the appropriate response is to defend yourself or to look for safety or whatever. But say, for example, that same person who was bullied, was criticised by their mother for their appearance and then later on a few years time you know a friend might say that dress doesn't look very nice on you what do you think the immediate re- reaction is mm. going to be the immediate reaction is like what the heck why are you criticising me Yeah. when actually in reality it might not even be meant that way it, it might mm. be coming from a place of love yeah. and saying genuinely like that doesn't look good on you yeah. like you don't yeah. want to look He's stupid here's another
1: dress like yeah. try this up instead exactly yeah.
0: yeah. in effect we all have a responsibility to be mindful of what we say and how we come across to people so that preventative notion obviously we're not going to know everybody's life stories So, so the only thing we can do is basically to to monitor ourselves and to communicate like where our criticism might be coming from, or also just being aware of how it might come across to other people. And yeah, like like Ben said earlier, like communication from both parties is key. Um, just you know, from the criticizer's viewpoint, like it's important for them to know the other person's. Um, like threshold i suppose and limitations and and all that sort of stuff but also if it's affecting the criticiser for example you've got to say your truth your truth is valid as well um and yeah from the criticized person's point of view um it's important for them to say their boundaries and say to be honest i'm not really asking for the criticism or um you know can we talk about it another time when i'm not feeling attacked or whatever um but yeah like it's really important to have that two-way communication but at the end of the day i I feel like criticism is a really good thing quite a lot of the time yeah. like I feel like nothing comes from showering you with affirmations left right and center I feel like there are the, you know people should make space for criticism in their lives and it is more often than not the reason why we resist it is because there's some truth in it
1: yeah yeah and i think that links back to what i was talking about right at the beginning in terms of the the change in definition that criticism has gone under that we we do so strongly believe that it's this really bad thing this this source of disapproval. Mm-hmm. Um, that actually, criticism should be about improvement, about growth, mm-hmm. and about fair judgment. Yeah. And and actually, another thing that, linking on from what you just said, in terms of communication and how you receive criticism from different people, particularly that you know well and are like close to, is to always evaluate a piece of criticism almost on a blank canvas Mm. because you you might know someone really well or have a certain maybe professional relationship with a person and they've given you constructive criticism in the past but criticism can be really dependent on a person's Just mental state that day, emotional Mm -hmm. state, and the quality of their criticism can waver. Yeah. Uh, You never know when someone's just been to a funeral. You, You don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah. But you need to evaluate. Okay, like. It's not about you. Yeah. Perhaps this isn't all about me. Perhaps they've just had a bad day
0: yeah it's it's that's why self-esteem is so important and if you don't have self-esteem and you um, you know are more likely to react badly to criticism um I mean, we all are in some way, but, you know, I'm talking to those people that genuinely every sort of criticism they get is, is debilitating to them, whether it's someone says to them like, oh, you've got a spot on your teeth or, or whatever. Mm. Like, I genuinely think that you should probably try to look at ways to self-soothe or like to, to somehow find... Maybe people that you trust to sit with you and and evaluate the criticism and give you the affirmation that you need at that time or give yourself the affirmation that you need after a criticism has taken place um, mm. but also be be really reflective and honest with yourself it's like okay what can i take away from this criticism what are the, what is the actual truth like what are they trying to tell me find the opportunity in the criticism rather than yeah. the debilitating aspects of being criticized
1: Mm. And what I would accompany with that would be, this is my really my biggest tip or piece of advice on the topic of criticism, is guys, really practice the disassociation of what is being criticized from who you are. And this is what I said right at the beginning of the podcast. Really practice this idea of if someone saying, oh, I think you've got a problem with anger. It's, it's your anger. Your is a possessive word. It's something that belongs to you, but isn't you intrinsically. It doesn't define you. It's something that belongs to you. Therefore... You own it, you control it, and you can look at that objectively. If it's your work that's more directly understandable, it's your work, it's work that belongs to you, but the work doesn't define who you are as a person. Mm. The more you can practice this each day or each time you face criticism, the easier you'll find it to process it, to manage it, to not be emotionally sped off course the moment someone gives you critique
0: yeah nice yeah I genuinely think more gets done when you're open to to people's viewpoints um we're wired in so many ways to to basically create a bubble for ourselves but (laughs) like knowing that like you particularly a great person to actually talk about this because I feel like you are such an open person. I recognise and I see in you when I've particularly like criticized something you've done or have said something like why are you doing this like like why are you doing this. <laughs> um you really note it down then we discuss it and then you apply that thing next time and genuinely it's it's one of the key reasons why we get on so well because yeah yeah it, it's just so key to what ben said earlier be receptive to how you are coming across to other people even if you don't think there's anything mm. that you're doing wrong mm. in particular
1: yeah and i like to say on that that is not um, something I was born good at. That's something that I really had to practice and learn um, and get to grips with in my adult life, really. And people that have known me for a while and have known me well would have seen in previous relationships, like romantic relationships that I've had, but also equally in friendships, family, that my previous response to criticism was very much a passive one and that I would feel very guilty that I'd done someone wrong or that I'd hadn't done something very well and, and beat myself up about it.
0: You still sometimes do that.
1: Which, yeah, it but still you... remains. Yeah, cause I feel that before it ultimately still led to inaction mm. that I wasn't responding I would just stay in that point of feeling bad or sorry for myself or feeling like I've failed in some way mm-hmm. but then not moving forwards yeah just feeling upset and being hurt and and being very sensitive yeah but That's now so
0: interesting
1: I've learned to practice like I said, just being really honest with yourself and being like, okay, well, why is this person saying this? Mm -hmm. Is it fair? If it is, okay, am I going to do something about it? Yeah. Therefore, work out how. And part of that is communication. Maybe you realise, okay, it is fair, but you still don't know what to do about it. Then ask that person, okay, like, like how could i improve in this like do you actually have maybe mm-hmm. advice on what's the next step and alternatively maybe you are honest with yourself and you're like okay well actually i think they've said that because of their own prerogative um and then but you're still showing up to that person in that way maybe there's still something you can do to try and make whatever that relationship is more effective.
0: Yeah, I feel like, you know, your sort of approach is really helpful, especially when like someone like me who is immediately gets defensive and then deflects the situation away from me. Um, Like, I think it's particularly helpful when, you know, in a scenario of two people, one being aggressive with their criticism, and the other you know receiving the criticism it's really helpful to have that balance of the person who is taking the criticism is calm and collected and is receptive and is open because more often than not you know when it comes to conflicts the other person who is being aggressive usually pipes down (laughs) and like just sort of almost gobsmacked that someone could Mm. take Mm. a criticism so well and I... I recognize that sometimes with our interactions, like I genuinely learn so much from you. I feel like number one, you've listened to me. Number two, you've applied what you've learned in a positive way. And number three, I then, you know, in return offer you the same like respect or try to do the same thing as you yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um. so yeah like
1: yeah it really works two ways yeah this is, this is ultimately why criticism should be seen as this positive thing because mm. it harvests growth
0: yeah if you get people that you know one is a chronic criticizer, and then the other one is a chronic path- yeah like <laughs> yeah like either cries or um fights back like that's not a like a helpful situation or a fruitful one, no. and if you're finding yourself in that constant state of in your relationships, like it, you really need to evaluate whether you could be that person who, you know, is like Ben, who can regulate themselves and can be open and, and to criticism and mm-hmm. yeah, can be perceptive of other people's feelings yeah but yeah I think we've like exhausted ourselves and exhausted every like thing on our list
1: (laughs) yeah this has been a difficult podcast for us it's it is a really big topic
0: it's been quite triggering hasn't it
1: yeah when you speak about a topic like criticism it's almost open for criticism yeah. you're, you're
0: almost like here's my wound please yeah. like, apply alcohol on it you yeah know?
1: and it will sting yeah exactly but Yeah, i hope through this um you guys have gained a bit of an, an insight into how maybe you in, in your personal journey with criticism can better manage it yeah um, and respond more positively to criticism because ultimately we can't avoid it as much as we try to the criticism will always come up in our lives in different ways so it's so important for all of us to to equip ourselves with the tools and understanding on how best to respond to it So, yeah, please get in touch if you've got any kind of advice for us. (laughs) Um, Questions. Any any questions, feedback, criticism.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, the beauty of this podcast is... of, of, Of our podcast is that we are learning alongside of you. I mean, there's things that obviously you know, we're individually researching but at the same time like, you know, we're all going through the same things and yeah. we really wanna highlight difficult topics as much as like even if it means that me and Ben, you know, will sometimes like disagree yeah, <laughs> have yeah. a disagreement or or whatever because it's so triggering like our like our topic sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's genuinely I feel like
1: we're going through this for you because we love you guys
0: (laughs) exactly that's all it is but anyway um so yeah thanks very much for listening in today guys and yeah hopefully um you've enjoyed that and that you have um taken away some useful tips and tricks (laughs) um so yeah
1: yeah thank you so so much and we hope to see you again next week
0: see you again guys love you all
1: (laughs) love you lots
0: bye good night